0: Between the Times, a podcast of Christ Church Presbyterian in Charleston, South Carolina. This is episode 42, and if you are just joining us for the first time, we do want to let you know that we have uh, 41 other episodes uh, that we have uh, produced. They're on our uh, website, christchurchcharleston.org, and we encourage you to go there and to listen to some of our discussions. Uh, and I'm sitting here once again this morning with my uh, dear friends, Dr. Gabriel Williams and Reverend Ross Hodges. You guys doing well?
1: Yeah.
0: Pretty well. Yeah. Doing good. Doing good this morning. Wonderful. We are here to talk about faith. What is faith? One would think that this is a pretty uh, obvious and simple question, but as we uh, study God's Word and we uh, know uh, the history of the church, Uh, this is not uh, necessarily an easy question to answer. And so we wanted to take a little time uh, to discuss this important subject of faith. And the first thing, uh, guys, I thought we could do is to consider uh, some of the misconceptions of what faith is. A lot of people get this wrong. And and how do they get it wrong?
1: I think, first of all, making it more about a subjective experience. Than, uh, than the object of faith, that would be probably the, the first main thing, and that, that comes from a misunderstanding of scripture and those things. Uh, but uh, talking about my faith, my faith this, my faith that, and it's, it's essentially saying that I have some sort of subjective feeling or belief, and uh, that it's not really necessarily grounded in anything, but um, it's just, it's something that I have.
0: Uh, of myself. One thing the White Horse Inn has been doing recently, uh, which is a wonderful podcast, mm-hmm. which I think we've all benefited from, uh, they've been talking about faith over the last several uh, episodes, and they interviewed several people on the street, and some of them non-Christians, and some of them Christians. And they asked the question, what do you think faith is? Give a definition of faith. And interestingly, the non-Christians and the Christians were answering the question very similarly. (laughs) (laughs) Both of them uh, saying things like uh, that faith is a blind leap, that Mm. it's an inner subjective experience, uh, a kind of uh, confidence that you have. Uh, that what you don't see is true. Mm. And that was really the extent of mm-hmm. of what they uh, believed regarding faith. And uh, why is that so troubling? The, probably the most important thing that's
2: wrong with that is that it assumes that Christianity is built upon, kind of what Ross said, a subjective interpersonal experience. It's denying the fact that Christianity is based upon true historical facts that are at this point, uncontroversial. And so to say that I have faith in faith or to say that faith is just a wishful thought is to also say that the events that actually happen in the scripture aren't true. Hmm. And so when we talk about faith, we expect that a unbeliever, what, for instance, define faith differently because he doesn't believe what has actually happened. The Christian stands or falls based upon what has actually been Revealed and what has actually occurred in history, as shown in Scripture. So that's why the Christian hope and Christian faith is evidence. It's not just wishful, hopeful sort of thinking.
0: Yes, it's not a blind leap of faith. Exactly. Uh, there's, there's nothing blind uh, about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's an interesting, isn't it, when uh, we hear politicians, yeah. uh, candidating and trying to get the vote, as it were. Mm-hmm. And they will often talk about their faith in very personal terms. And you don't really get, get beyond, in most cases, you don't get beyond the subjective faith mm-hmm. of the politician. Mm-hmm. So they say things like, my faith is very important to me. My mm-hmm. faith gets me through. My mm-hmm. faith is dear to me. And uh, anytime any religion is brought up or any kind of religious experience, there's always this talk about faith. But faith in what?
1: Yeah, it's really become more in our cultural setting and, and popular language, it's become more a reference to an emotion than yeah. a belief. Yes. That, that oh, I, I have a feeling that I'm not even pretending is grounded in any sort of evidence or, or external reality. It's just, it's completely internal to me. And I think, uh, I'm thinking of this illustration just as we're sitting here. This is probably dangerous to do while you're recording a podcast. Um, but, you know, imagine someone in a boat and they're they're trying to get direction of what which way to go Uh, they're sort of drifting at sea and they have to make a decision Um, the the cultural way of defining faith is that the person says okay I feel within myself that I'm just gonna go this direction and they kind of pick a direction they start rowing and just because I have a feeling whereas the Christian faith is one that sees a lighthouse in the distance and begins rowing towards it, and says, "I have faith that this yes. is the right direction." Yes. Anyway, so um,
0: take that for what it's We is won't right. bring you up on charges for thank Harrison. you. Okay, let's <laughs> <laughs> be you. careful. With that. <laughs> that a very good illustration. <laughs> oh, thank you, Ross. Well, that's great. Well, let's let's think now about the true definition of faith. We, of course, are are blessed to be in the Reformed heritage. We have uh, doctrinal formulas within uh, excellent confessions of faith, which which have withstood the test of time, have been believed by Christians for 500 years, uh, and are very much uh, rooted in and come out of Scripture. And so let's talk about a couple of the uh, Reformed uh, uh, definitions of faith as found in the Westminster Shorter Catechism as well as the Heidelberg Catechism. Sure. And so probably the first one I'm going to do is from the Shorter Catechism,
2: and it's Basic question 86 What is faith in Jesus Christ? So, immediately there's an object to this. Yes. But what is faith in Jesus Christ? Answer Faith in Jesus Christ is a saving grace whereby we receive and rest upon Him, Jesus Christ, alone for salvation as He is offered to us in the gospel.
0: Yeah, so unpack that for us, Gabe.
2: So multiple things are said here. So the first thing to kind of repeat in terms of misconceptions, it's often said that faith is kind of an emotion where here it says very clearly faith is a saving grace. That means faith is not something that is kind of inherent rising within the individual based upon their own strength. It's something that God has endowed or given to the believer. Ephesians 9. Exactly. By uh, grace we're saved, not by works. And so in this case, um, the faith being a saving grace means that when the word of God is preached to any person, it is the spirit of God that is producing the response, the faith that we thereby see. And therefore, there is a subject of your faith, the Holy Spirit who was doing the work in the heart of the believer, and therefore, there's an object to it. The Holy Spirit doesn't just do work so you can have faith in faith. There's faith in someone. In this case, it is upon Jesus Christ, whom we alone rest in salvation. So faith has a proper subject. It's produced and wrought by the Spirit of God, and it has a proper object, the work and finished work of Jesus Christ and him alone for
0: salvation. Yes, that's hardly a blind leap, exactly.
1: Uh, yeah, you can't, you can't have a, a blind faith in, uh, in something that, that exists. I mean, that, that by definition is not blind, right? The, so, I, now, as we, as we go here, why, let me just put the question out there, why is it that so many Christians think that faith is supposed to be something that doesn't have evidence? Something that we don't see? Yes. Where's that coming from? Well, I
0: think there's a, a misunderstanding of, of Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. Uh, it is, it's often quoted, and uh, rightly so quoted, it is the Word of God, but it's misunderstood. In Hebrews 11:1, it says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And uh, this is where you get the kind of blind leap understanding mm-hmm. of faith. Uh, but this is a complete misunderstanding of Hebrews chapter 11. This is a perfect example of pulling a verse out of context mm-hmm. and not really understanding where it is. Let's just say it. There's a lot of sloppy biblical exegesis uh, that, is, that is done. Um, and it's, it's often because the context is not uh, considered. Mm. Hebrews 11 is full of... Of evidence that is sin. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. uh, so to interpret faith as a blind leap yeah. uh, in a subjective experience is is just nonsense uh, the entire chapter is about lots of evidence God uh, working in and through the lives of his people and, and even doing great miracles in front of them not least the miracle of the Lord Jesus Christ mm-hmm. born of a virgin mm-hmm. living a perfect life uh, performing miracles dying on the cross and rising from the dead yeah. Uh, Hebrews 11 is a forward-looking book. It's always looking forward to the ultimate promises of God being fulfilled in the, in the return of Christ and the establishment of mm-hmm. his kingdom, yeah. which is why you have language in here about uh, uh, earlier um, uh, men like Moses you know, not considering the treasures of Egypt as, as more important than knowing Christ mm-hmm. and being found in him. And so you have this forward-looking nature of the book of Hebrews. A Sabbath is, is yet for the people of God and those kinds of things. And so here we have faith embracing God's promises for those things that, that will be seen. Mm-hmm. There will be a, an establishment of God's kingdom. And so uh, when it says here, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, it's basically things not yet seen, mm-hmm. uh, but that will be seen. Uh, so there, there's always the object of faith, the Lord Jesus Christ. And by the way, this isn't the only verse about faith <laughs> in the whole Bible, uh, which, again, what people do is they latch on to one verse and they form an entire uh, theology around it, and, and that's just sloppy biblical hermeneutics. Uh, so, yeah, it's just important to, to remember that.
1: So there's an object of faith, which is Jesus Christ, and there is uh, evidence for... That faith in, in the scriptures that we, we notice even in this uh, catechism answer uh, about what is faith. It's faith in Jesus Christ as a saving grace whereby we receive and rest upon him alone for salvation as he has offered to us in the gospel. And so there's, again, the uh, presupposition there that that Jesus is being offered. Mm-hmm. and that there is, there is an actual record and evidence of who he is. The scriptures themselves set, set out to mm-hmm. say like look this is we're bearing witness to what has actually happened to give mm-hmm. substance to your faith. Yes. And that these claims are true and by the way they're they, you know this is eyewitness record and, and all of mm-hmm. these sorts of things. Um, so, uh, so faith in an object that is well attested to. Um, so it is intellectual it's mm-hmm. not emotional. Um, now that being the case, let me ask this question, why then, um, if it is an intellectual thing, if it's an intellectual uh, grasping of historical realities and that sort of thing, why is it not only intellectual?
0: Yes, it's not only intellectual because an important aspect of true faith is uh, a wholehearted trust. Mm. And the work Catechism brings that out. Uh, True faith, it says in uh, question and answer 21, what is true faith? Uh, Answer, true faith is not only a sure knowledge by which I hold as true all that God has revealed to us in the scripture. There's the Mm -hmm. intellectual. It is also a wholehearted trust which the Holy Spirit creates in me by the gospel. So there's what Gabe was referring to earlier out of Westminster. That it's the Holy Spirit that creates and sustains saving faith in the life of the believer. It goes on to say that God has freely granted, that faith that God has freely granted, not only to others, but to me also, forgiveness of sins, eternal righteousness, and salvation. These are gifts of sheer grace granted solely by Christ's merit. Now that's good news. And this is an important thing to remember in, in relation to this is that when we think of what it means to be saved, it's not that we have faith and we just need to exercise it in order to get Christ or to get, to, to get saved. Mm-hmm. Faith is a gift from God and we will never exercise faith unless we are born again. Mm-hmm. So salvation is of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And when we think about the timeline of our salvation, we don't say we repented and exercised faith and then we're saved. No, if we understand properly the scriptures, it's that we are saved. And in that moment of being saved, we are given the gift of faith. We are Lazarus in the tomb yeah. prior to our salvation. And, and when Christ says, come forth by his grace and we are born again and regenerated, it's at that very moment we are given the gift of faith in order to embrace and receive and rest upon the merits of Christ for yeah. our salvation. Yeah. Something that you've
1: you've hit on here, and that uh, again, the shorter catechism, Westminster shorter catechism, brings out is that faith is um, it's receiving and resting, Amen. It's receiving and resting uh, upon Christ. Uh, let's flesh that out a little bit. Why why did the divines take pains to um, to define faith in this way and not some other way?
2: Well, there's. There's controversy with that within Christian circles in general that believes that faith is something that you have to either conjure up yourself or you have the innate ability within yourself to produce your own faith. There's also the kind of the sense that some people that if you if you're not really a Christian, it's because you're not trusting, you're not having enough faith. So it's kind of a sense where for some faith becomes another way to do a work for your own mm-hmm. salvation. Instead of saying faith is the instrument that God uses to bring you salvation, some kind of picture of faith as the work that you add to your salvation. And so oftentimes what the divines are trying to tell you is that faith is not a work. It is by definition not work in that sense. It is receiving. So just like you would never work to get a gift, work is associated with wages and earning. To get a gift is to receive it to embrace it and to love it. That's a categorically different than working something out or stretching out your hand to work something, to pull it
0: into you. Romans 11, verse 6 says, but if it is by grace, that is, if salvation is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace. If it's not receiving and resting in Christ, then what would be the alternative? It would be a... Tanking. getting going out and grasping, grasping. yeah grasping yeah. Right. Yeah. and working yes and that's the problem with the Roman Catholic view of faith mm-hmm. and salvation is that in the view of the Roman Catholic Church it's faith plus works our works mm-hmm. equal salvation mm-hmm. faith in Christ mm-hmm. plus my works equals salvation but our understanding mm-hmm. is Protestant understanding is faith in Jesus Christ plus nothing Uh equals salvation. That faith even is a gift. But after salvation comes good works Uh as the evidence and fruit of Mm -hmm. salvation. So salvation is not, I mean, uh, uh, our good works are not the grounds of our salvation. Mm -hmm. They are the fruit of our salvation.
1: So we want to be clear that when we talk about saving faith, what we mean is not that the exercise of faith is a work that saves me, Mm-hmm. But it is the object of faith. It is the object right. of my faith, which is that which saves me. Yes. So uh,
0: some, you know, even even Paul talks about being justified by faith. Mm-hmm. And what we need to understand is that's theological shorthand. Mm-hmm. Paul's not saying we are saved by our faith. That my mm-hmm. faith is the object of my faith.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We are as theological shorthand. Really, if we understand it properly, biblically, is we are justified by grace through faith in Jesus Christ
1: yes so and that's what Paul draws out a little bit more in, in Ephesians 1 and 2 um, when he explicitly says that faith is a gift of God and he, he contrasts it with works
0: that it is not a work and faith we understand in the Christian life it, it can be uh, strengthened uh, we understand from 1 Peter 1 that it can be uh, uh, chiseled and uh, Refined, that we're refined yeah. and the dross can be removed from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, faith can be comforted. Uh, there are, you know, when we think about faith, it's 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 like a muscle that must be exercised in order to become stronger and uh, and useful. Uh, and so, it's not that we're saying that we receive this gift of faith and then we just let it lie there and we do nothing. No, mm-hmm. there is there is effort in the Christian life as we mm-hmm. are growing and being sanctified. But our salvation is by grace, through faith, in Christ, and it's not a work of our own. Mm. Mm.
1: Would it be fair to say, and again, this is dangerous, so you guys correct me here, would it be fair to say, um, an illustration on the fly, that it's it's similar to a growing faith, let's say, uh, in, uh, let's go to, with a pilot. Let's say you ride on an airplane for the first time, you're really nervous, and this sort of thing, um, but the pilot gets you there safely. Well, let's say you fly with that pilot, every day for, you know, 50 years. Your faith is going to be strengthened because you have been, in a sense, uh, walking through life with that pilot and seeing the evidence of his faithfulness and his ability mm-hmm. and so forth and so on. So the Christian life is, our faith is strengthened in walking with Christ and mm-hmm. mm-hmm. seeing his faithfulness and by uh, partaking of the word and sacraments and prayer and, and those sorts of things. And so... It, that gift is strengthened when we grow closer to Christ.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's good. and, and it, it, is, it, is it fair to say that a lot of evangelical believers don't really see the fuel and nourishment of their faith as rooted in the gospel, but in their own works, uh, their own... Spirituality. Um, I I I think you know I've seen this. There seems to be a real marginalization of the preaching of the of the word of God, the the proclaiming of Christ from mm-hmm. the pulpit, as well as the administration of baptism and the Lord's Supper and what those are meant to be in the life of the Christian, mm-hmm. in terms of the strengthening, and sustaining and maintaining of our mm-hmm. faith. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about that for a minute.
2: I think this is one of those times where you can kind of think about faith and assurance as being, they're not the exact same thing, but they are related to each other. And what we know just from our own experience is that as the Christian grows by God's grace, being sanctified, being further purified, their faith grows in a commensurate sort of way. And so one of the things that you're probably alluding to is the fact that there are very few, uh, I guess, Christians today who would have the view that You can deepen your assurance by deepening your faith. Um, Oftentimes, they're kind of completely separated and not to kind of go into other controversies. That's one of the reasons why kind of the once saved, always saved belief kind of harms assurance because it cheapens it a little bit, Mm -hmm. kind of lowers it down to just simply saying the confession is your assurance. Really, when you kind of look at the uh, profiles of people in the scriptures, you see that their confidence in God, their confidence in the promises of God take time and it grows incrementally. Think of Abraham at the beginning of yes. his life being called and all the way to the end of his life. It's very clear that his confidence yeah. and assurance in the promises of God is substantially greater than when he started. You could say the same thing about Jacob, especially yes. that there's the insecure thieving jacob mm-hmm. <laughs> the beginning of his life mm-hmm. and then the mature i've wrestled yeah. with god i've you know got the evidence to prove it jacob yes. look at the apostles exactly yeah, peter, <laughs> peter. Yeah. yeah, peter's a great example that you have the one who denies christ he's terrified and then you get to the book of acts and the work of grace is there and you see as acts uh, kind of unfolds. Peter's confidence and assurance in God grows more and more and more, and so and the pisses of Peter exactly they <laughs> prove that in a very real sort of sense. And so, what the Bible shows us in a very real sense is that the assurance of your salvation and the growth of your faith are meant to be together. And the honest assessment is, you should be able to say that if you've been walking with the Lord. In a faithful, hobby it's never perfect, but if you're walking the Lord in a faithful sort of way, you expect that your confidence in God's promises are much more clear. So, kind of the analogy Ross used before: there's a difference between you're seeing a lighthouse five miles down a distance where there's a little bit of fog there,
1: mm-hmm.
2: versus when you're a mile away. It's still there; it's, you still have to see it in a distance, but it's much clearer after you've gone
0: another 10 miles to that lighthouse. Amen. Yes. So faith uh, is that instrument, uh, that gift that is uh, wrought in us by the Holy Spirit at conversion. And that faith is a receiving and resting upon Christ and his perfect work of redemption for us, alone, Amen. 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 for our salvation. And uh, what is it that we receive with Christ? Uh, we receive... Uh, The forgiveness of sins Mm -hmm. for his penal substitutionary atonement on the cross of Calvary. Mm -hmm. Christ bore our sin and thus the the retributive justice of God on the cross. He bore our penalty uh, that we would be uh, forgiven of our sins and our sins would be washed away Mm -hmm. by grace through faith. Mm -hmm. And also by grace through faith we receive in Christ his very righteousness. His perfect life lived for us. And we receive that, that righteousness. Uh, uh, it's credited to our account. And our, as our sin goes to him, his righteousness comes to us. Yeah. And, uh, and we are given the gift of everlasting life. Mm-hmm. And uh, these things are things that we receive, not because we have earned them, but because Christ has given them to us. Uh, so we praise the Lord for that. Romans chapter 3 and verse 21 states, But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. And that is our hope. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. Our hope is not in our own faith, in our own subjective experience. Our hope is in the object of our faith, the Lord Jesus Christ and his glorious work of redemption. Amen. We appreciate uh, you taking time uh, to listen to this week's podcast. We hope you'll join us next time.